Major Garrett is CBS's chief Washington correspondent. His book is The Big Truth. The Takeout podcast is heard on WTMJ on the weekends. And uh, check out this podcast, Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. Major, thank you so much for being with us. John, great to be with you. Hey, I wanted to ask you about something that's really become an interesting story the past couple of days, and that's about Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. So he's being treated for prostate cancer, suffered complications, taken to a hospital on New Year's Day where he's still being treated, and the President of the United States didn't know about this. Take us inside why it's a big deal that the President didn't know. Well, first of all, it's a cabinet secretary, a cabinet secretary with enormous responsibilities under even the most placid circumstances, John. And we are not living in placid times. The war in Ukraine rages on. U.S. military personnel are stationed in higher concentrations in the Middle East than they have been in the last decade. They're taking incoming fire in Iraq and Syria. They are patrolling the Red Sea, dealing with Houthi rebels who are harassing cargo vessels. All of those are potential flashpoints over which a defense secretary needs to be constantly available and apprised of any developments to relay to the president or to be involved in conversations about things that will be done in response with the president. So it is inexplicable to me, and it's inexplicable to everyone that I've talked to in Washington, that a defense secretary, under any circumstances, but especially under the ones I just outlined, could be off the, ra- off the grid, essentially, in an intensive care unit at, at the military facility at Bethesda and not have the National Security Advisor apprised, not have the president apprised, and just sort of be off the grid. I mean, that it's, no one understands this. And everyone is sympathetic, of course, to a diagnosis of prostate cancer or any complications that arise from surgery to deal with that. None of that is controversial. But going off the grid, not informing your in Pentagon people, not informing the National Security Council, not informing the president is not explainable. And to take accountability for it is the bare minimum. And I just recorded this week's episode of The Takeout with Senator Bob Casey, Democrat from Pennsylvania, and he said, this is completely beyond the pale. This can't happen. This can never happen again. And it shouldn't have happened in this, fir- in this first instance, and it is really the first time, I think, in the Biden White House where you get a, a look into how could this, this is day-to-day operations, how could, how could this be? Now, I know it's the holidays, but still, how could this go on? And even the deputy the White House is having to explain a lot. Even the, the deputy Department secretary well. of defense major right. who assumed his duties didn't know. Mm-hmm. No, no. And, and there is, I understand, look, everyone understands a certain amount of privacy and a preference for privacy. But guess what? Guess what? Here's the bad news. You become a cabinet secretary, you give up some of your privacy. That's what comes with the job, and everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. And there's nothing special about you as any cabinet secretary. And I would say this of a cabinet secretary in the Obama administration, the George W. Bush administration, the Clinton administration, all of which I covered, the Trump administration or the Biden administration. You don't get to say, oh, I wanted to be private. Sorry. That's not acceptable, not for any cabinet secretary, especially not for the defense Major, we are at the intersection of the campaign trail and legal proceedings for Donald Trump. In a busy week here, what stands out as maybe the most impactful decision or appearance or case? Like, what, what is going on this week that could most impact Trump? 
So I just think it's really important, really, really important to take two assertions made by legal representatives of, at one point in time, President Trump and now former President Trump. First legal assertion made by Trump attorneys at the impeachment trial in the Senate after the January 6th riot on the Capitol. It was said to the senators, you don't have to vote to convict. There is a criminal procedure process in America that can deal with this. If there's a crime, it can be charged and the former president can be prosecuted. That's what they said then. Today, before a three-judge panel of the D.C. Court of Appeals, Trump attorney said, you can't prosecute him criminally. He wasn't convicted in the Senate trial. Now, wait a minute. Which is it, folks? Which is it? Because both are diametrically opposed to one another except for one thing. Trump can't be held accountable. I'm sorry. That seems to me to be a manifestly incorrect assertion of what a president can or cannot be held to account for. And I'm not saying anything that they haven't said for themselves. And if I've learned anything in the Trump legal proceedings, nothing frustrates them more than having their own legal arguments read back to them. Major, what do legal and constitutional scholars say about the whole premise of a president should be granted immunity and can basically do what he wants as president and not be held accountable? Well, they they don't agree that that exists. It simply doesn't exist. And it doesn't exist particularly, John. And again, I'm not a constitutional scholar. I do a fair amount of reading on this. But at the time, A, the Constitution was being debated. And when, when the ratification of the Constitution was being debated in state legislatures and when the Federalist Papers were being written to advocate for the ratification of the Constitution, one of the preeminent issues was to not invest in the executive of this new country, this constitutional republic, powers similar to a monarchy or a king. And the kind of powers invested in a monarchy or a king are absolute immunity. Every tenor of the debate at that time and all the writing about it was we do not want an executive, a president, to be so protected, to never be held to account, criminally, civilly, or by the public. And what President Trump and his attorneys are asserting now is a kind of immunity that resembles the exact thing that the constitutional conversation of that era was adamantly opposed to. Debate tomorrow, major CNN's debate with DeSantis mm-hmm. and Nikki Haley taking part. Can mm-hmm. any one of themselves sort of separate themselves as a, a, perhaps a Trump alternative? They can. It's possible. Uh, I know that the dominant wisdom about Iowa is it's over. Trump's lead is huge. He's got a good ground operation. His lead is huge. He does have a good ground operation, and usually those two things do not produce a surprise result. So without question, Trump is the odds-on favorite. However, in 2016, 45% of Iowa caucus Republicans, 45% decided in the last week. 35% decided in the last three days. So that history tells us there can be some reassessment. And what Haley and DeSantis are trying desperately to do is reach those people who still haven't locked in on Trump. And if they can, they have a chance of getting closer to Trump. I don't think they have a chance of overtaking him. His lead is substantial in Iowa. But closer might be meaningful, especially for Haley. And there are those Republicans I've talked to in Iowa and outside of it who believe she could come in second and maybe produce some momentum for New Hampshire. All of that's still an open question. But I am not one of those reporters who would say, sleep on Iowa, it's all over. It's never over until the caucus is held 
and the actual votes are counted. Major Garrett is CBS's chief Washington correspondent, the podcast Agent of Betrayal. Check it out, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And the Takeout podcast is heard here on WTMJ. Major, thank you so much for joining us on a busy day. Thanks so much, John.